This is Joe. And this is Nat. And you're listening to the Getting Better with Age podcast, the show that helps you navigate midlife challenges and turn them into opportunities to grow and evolve into a happier, healthier, and more empowered you. And remember, getting older doesn't mean that the best years have to be behind you. We believe, like a fine wine, you and your life can get better with age. And we're here to show you exactly how to do that. So grab a glass of vino, kick off your shoes, and join us in discovering how to make the next chapter of your life the best one yet. Hello, everyone. It's Joe. And it's Nat. And welcome back to another episode of Getting Better with Age. So let me ask you a question. How many times in your life have you been going through life, kind of minding your own business, things are going good, everything's on track or getting back on track, you're happy-go-lucky, and then all of a sudden, bam, life throws a curveball at you. You know those times? Uh, yeah, I've experienced <laughs> a couple, even some this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got a big curveball this week. Um, so we've talked about in the past few months ago, my dad had a hip replacement and, um, you know, it was kind of crazy for a while, but he's been doing really well. He's going to physical therapy, started driving again. And I was just saying to my friend, I'm like, oh, you know, he doesn't need me as much anymore. So I kind of was getting my life back on track and my schedule and my routine. And then all of a sudden, bam, <laughs> that curveball hit and he ended up, you know, back into the hospital again, emergency room you know, not doing well. Uh, he ended up with a, a, a UTI, urinary tract infection. And it was like, which can be very detrimental in the elderly. Yes, so yes, if, definitely. If you have family members out there or you get to the stage in your life where you're getting up in years and you have that, it's not just a urinary tract infection. Like it can cause like, it could be fatal real, actually. Yeah, really serious <laughs> fatal problems. Yeah. So anyway, so, you know, then he was very weak again and, he, you know, he's back home now, but he's still, like I said, he's weak. He's having trouble walking and, you know, we have the caregiver for him, but still now a lot is back on me and my siblings to kind of take care of him. And, you know, just like I said, you, you feel like you're getting back on track and then it goes off. <laughs> and, and, you know, as we talked many times in the past, you know, if the goal is to get better with age and improve. It's to understand there are going to be curveballs in life. Like there are going to be challenges. There are going to be times where you think, hey, everything's back on track. Great. And then all of a sudden life goes, yeah, you think so, right? But it's it's how you respond to those moments. Because what most of us don't understand is we have a survival mechanism um, in our brains. We've all heard of fight or flight, right? Well, what generally happens is when things like this happen, we become emotionally triggered. And if we're not conscious, not aware, we'll go into survival mode. And survival mode, if you're not aware of it and you don't know how to deal with it, or it's not your natural state to learn how to get past and through it, it can literally affect your life. It can cause things like anxiety. It can cause stress disorders. It can cause you to act in a certain way where you mm -hmm. become like incorrigible and and it can affect your, your marriage and your relationships, your job and your relationship with you. It can affect every aspect of your life. Yes. And that's, that's why we're doing this today is because when this comes up, if you don't know how to handle it and you're not aware of what's really going on, it can cause you to spiral down and get to a bad place. And that can leave a really bad, really bad wake. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're in that, like Joe said, in that survival mode, sometimes it's like you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You, you kind of feel like, you know, why is this happen happening to me? Um, 
you end up in that victim mode where it's like, what's going on? Why me? Instead of, you know, facing what is being the hand that's being dealt to you. Yeah. And, and it's also not just that you can go into a victim mm-hmm. mode, like because some people, you know, it's called fight or flight. Yeah. So for some people, when they're into the survival mode, like for me, if, you know, if I'm being very transparent, if I go into situations like that, like I can become an asshole. Like I'm in survival mode. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm stressed out. And, and that energy can manifest itself in my life, in my relationships. And if I'm not aware of it, and I'm not with a partner who who can see it and, and call me on it. It can, it, as I said earlier, it can leave awake. And in the past, it has. I think I've done a lot of work now to be aware of it. And I think at our relationship, we're, lear- we're learning to communicate and understand each other. And so we just kind of know, okay, that's, that's you know, you're in survival mode. Okay. And really, really understand it. And that's what we're trying to do here is shine light. So it's not just about. Not everybody goes into victim mode. Some people, oh, no. some people think like I'm like I'm not being a victim. I'm I'm just stressed out because I got this shit that I got to deal with. Right. And it's it's really overwhelming me. It's it's doing what it, what it does, which you know, we don't learn these coping skills. We're not taught. And so most of us early in life develop these survival mechanisms that we use to literally get through life, whether fight or flight. For some people, it's to shut down and to run away. Other people, it's to go on the attack and, and to fight back. And, and we can do that in many, many different ways. And most of us have primary ways that we tend to adapt when we're in survival. And that goes back to when we were children, how we've learned to survive the environment that we're in when life was throwing us curveball and giving us things that were emotionally painful or we didn't have the skills or tools or awareness on how to handle. Right. And, and there are some people that just avoid, it's like, nothing's wrong. Everything's good. I'm happy, you know, and really they're not facing the truth and they're not facing what's going on and they turn and kind of walk the other way. <laughs> no, I, I love that you said that um, because for some people it's like, you know, it's the ostrich sticking its, its head in the yeah. sand. It's like, if I don't have to see it, I don't have to acknowledge it. I don't have to deal with it. It doesn't exist. And again, that can leave a weight because, you know, that's a perfect example of what happened with your dad. You know, I was out of town with, with our son. We went to a concert down in Baltimore and on the way back, your dad wasn't feeling well. So you asked me, Hey, could you stop in and check? Yeah, it was on the way. Right. So on my way back is like five minutes you know, out of the way, out of the yeah. way. So it's like, you know, okay, I'll stop and check and, and see how he's doing. And you know, when you have friends, family members, people that you love, you know, when something's off. And so I went and said, hey, dad, you know, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm okay. It's just, you know, a little weak because he had fallen out of bed. He fell. Yeah. Um, so, you know, which is an alarm right there. But he's like, oh, I'm okay. I don't feel anything. This and that. And I'm looking at him like, mm, something's not off. His speech seemed off. Um, he was very lethargic, very t- tired, you know, sleeping in the afternoon, which is very unlike him. And his caregiver was saying, no, he's just not himself. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. Do you think you should get checked? Now I'm a big proponent of when it comes to your health, you don't fuck around because it's better to err on the side of caution than to say, or to minimize it. I'm okay. And then find out that, you know what, there could be a problem. So long story short, he wasn't good. I went, you know, we got Natalie, we drove back down and we called the EMTs. They came because he wasn't going to listen to us. Those of you who have parents, you know, they're not going <laughs> to listen very stubborn. to you. I'm okay. I'm a fine. Just leave me alone. And very often because they don't want to add stress to, to your life. Of course. Um, so that's kind of how he was. And so we knew we weren't going to get 
through to him. He, he, we weren't going to get him to go to the hospital mm-hmm. or the doctor. So the EMTs came and like, well, if they suggest it, you know, maybe he'll listen. And that's exactly what happened. Thank goodness. Right. And so he went and, you know, they did all the tests in the hospital and they found out that he had ultimately this urinary tract infection. Again, if you have elderly parents and they're off, get them checked because it could be fatal. But on top of that, after running all the tests, because again, I noticed that his speech seemed a little off yeah. or it appeared that way to me. And they ran the test and they found out that he had blockages to, or a block to um, some of the arteries in his brain. And now he has to go on blood thinners. And the, and the doctor said, if they didn't see this at this time, it could have led to a stroke. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really important that, you know, those of us who have parents who are still here, um, that we, again, don't err on the side of caution and, and do the right thing so that there's no regret. But to kind of circle back around yeah. to today's topic, it's about nobody plans for this, right? Like I said, is every, no, everything was going I was well. just telling my friend the other day, I'm like, I said before, things are good. He's driving. He's doing well. He's back on track. And now I can get back on track. <laughs> well, you know, the old expression, man makes plans and God laughs. Right? And, and again, life does what life does. And I think in those moments, we have an opportunity to deal with life. And I always say it's either react or respond. And I think most of the time we react unconsciously and don't even think of it. And again, if we have certain survival mechanisms already ingrained in our brains, we just do what we do. Like for you, you know, when you go into survival, what's your mode of operation? What what do you tend to do? Um, I'm either an avoider sometimes, or I get very emotional and I, I just, I, I, I cry. I, I get very like anxious and okay. Like overwhelmed. Um, emotionally paralyzed. Emotionally paralyzed. That's it. Thank you. (laughs) Right. Where I'm, I'm the opposite. Like, you know, like I'm like, all right, what do we got to do? But I'll take it all on and I'll start to get stressed and overwhelmed. And then things that don't normally bother me. Um, start to bother me, right? Right, and I'll I'll get frustrated, I'll get angry, and if I'm not aware of it, I can take it out on you or the kids or anything else or anybody else. Um, right, and and I do have to say, once I get out of that emotional paralysis, then I'm good to go. Right. It's like I have to kind of get through that to to do what I have to do. Right. Yeah. Right, and I think that's the key is knowing yourself and giving yourself. Like a lot of us have been wired and have done this since we we're, we're children. Yeah. And we have these coping mechanisms that we just use to survive. And that's why it literally is called survival mode. But if we're not aware of it, we don't know how to get past it and get out of it. That's where it becomes problems. And, you know, I'm confident that if you're listening to this, you have a survival identity, a survival mechanism that you tend to default to. And if it's you see that, you know what, hey, the way I default actually makes the situation worse and instead of getting through the process it actually compounds it and it takes the joy the happiness from my life yeah and it may affect other other aspects of your life as well absolutely and sometimes it's like one thing after another after another and it's really having that the vulnerability to really be true to yourself and to say you know i need help um, I can't do this myself. And it's also the strength to know that you could, you and you will get through it. All right. And, and I think with that, it's it's like, and you know, we're on a call Monday with the members in, in our membership group. And it's like, 
we have such a hard time admitting that we're human, <laughs> that, you know, we have, I don't want to say personality flaws, but parts of our personality that may not function the best during stressful times or during other times. And it's, it's almost like if we admit that we're imperfect, there's something wrong with us. And that's why we try and come on and, and you know, like try and say, hey, look, I can be an asshole because I want you to understand that you may be an asshole, too, when you're stressed out. But that's OK. But how do you learn how to process that and develop your, your mindset, your skills, your ability to adapt with what life so you don't continually to go there? And that you go down in a different way. You go down a different path, one that actually is more empowering, one that makes you feel better, one that allows you to be happy no matter what's going on. And I think ultimately that's my goal. And I know it's your goal is that to just deal with whatever's happening in life as if it's just an event. It's like, okay, we're dealing with it. Yeah. Is this ideal? No. You know, if we have to be honest, it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. So now let's just deal with it, do the best we can, respond, respond appropriately so we can make the choices and decisions to make the best with whatever's happening, as opposed to feeling inundated, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious. You know, I see that, you know, and I have read some statistics recently about, you know, anxiety mm. and like the anxiety levels oh, yeah. through the roof and the people who are on medication, anti-anxiety medications is like insane. Because what happens is we all experience this. And so what do people do? Well, the doctors say, well, just take this pill. Well, that's great. And, and the pill may make you feel better for a little while and may numb you, but it's not helping you to develop the skills and the strategies to be able to handle life. Right. And, and like Joe said before, it's, you know, it's developing those coping mechanisms and it's not like, you know, you have to be superwoman, like I'm going to do this and it doesn't matter. And I'm, you know, you, you could still have feelings and you can share your emotions and you could be upset. You can be scared. You can you can cry whatever you need to do. And that's OK. But while still being able to cope and then handle the situation. And I think what you just said is so important because. It's not that you're inhuman no. when you shut down, because I think the first step is actually to feel what you're feeling. And I think one of the things that you and I have really worked on is to honor how we're feeling, right? If I'm like upset or something's bothering me or such, like I'll sit down, hey, can I talk to you? You know, I'm feeling this. Because just sometimes just getting it out, I think mm. so many times is, is we've learned not to, especially as men. You know, there's a, there's a great article out there. It's called The Silence of Man. And it's like, you know, especially for women, if you're married or in relationships or you want men to open up and be vulnerable and men have been taught since they're little boys, be quiet. Shut up. Suck it up. Don't cry. Big, big boys don't yeah. cry. You know, that's not a man. What are you a wuss? So it's been ingrained and indoctrinated mm, and in that's us so detrimental. not to feel, to suppress, to shut down our feelings, which is so fucking unhealthy. And yes. So I think as a society, as a culture, we, we're taught not to feel. Yeah. And so we've learned to suppress our, fe our fears, our emotions. And so I think the first thing you said is, is vital is, you know, is to feel. Feel your feelings. Right? There's it, nothing it, wrong if you're, with that. If you're pissed off, if you're frustrated, <laughs> if, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, I was pissed and I was like, I was 
you know, <laughs> cursing God, like you couldn't believe I went for, you know, when I get to that point yeah. and it takes a lot for me to get there, but I'm like, I got to get out of here. And and I just left. And I was like, God, I don't F like I was throwing F bombs at the big guy <laughs> and all this other stuff because I was in at that point so much emotional pain and so frustrated with what I was experiencing at that part of my life. But just getting that out, you know, it feels good. Yeah. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it's kind of like I've had my little tirade. Okay. I got it all out. Now let me deal with what I'm dealing with. It's not God's fault. This is just life doing what life's doing. Now, what can I do in response to what life is doing versus reacting and getting all the emotional and making, um, What's the word? Like just quick. Like an irrational decision yeah, kind of? Quick, irrational choices and decisions just because uh, I, I just need to do something, but not really thinking it through, not really seeing it through, not really processing what, what's happening. And I think, again, going back to er, what we were saying earlier, I think so much in life is we're so reactionary because we haven't learned to process our feelings and then get them out of the way, go, okay, now what do I want to do? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, when everything was happening with my dad, um, I have a family member, you know, then it's actually my aunt, she, you know, she'll call me up and she'll say, this is, you know, she'll like, this is happening and this is happening and your father's doing this and he's doing that. And I don't, you know, like she'll get all, like you said, irrational. Cause she's scared. Of course right. it's usually fear right. when you're being irrational, but it's like, okay, let's calm down and let's look at the facts. Tell me exactly what's going on. What, you know, what do you see? And I will tell you what's normal, what's not, and what we're going to do. Right. And I think that, again, that's so key is because, <coughs> excuse me, you know, your brain will see what you're wired to see. So if, if you're wired to, when you're in survival, is to look at the worst and to see the worst, that's what you're going to see. Right. And as you say, it's irrational. It's not really true. You know, we talked about this earlier today, but. I don't know who told me. I, I think it may have been my grandmother, but 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. Never happen. <laughs> and of the 10% that do, worrying isn't going to change whether it's going to happen. Right? It's like, yeah. you know, use the example. Okay, well, you know, be careful. You could get in a car accident. Like worrying about whether you're going to get in a car accident. That You're either going to get in a car accident or you're not. So worrying about it possibly happening isn't going to change. But right. the stress of worrying about what could happen that you have no control over is really irrational and it's very unhealthy. And I think that's what a lot of us do is we project our worry and fears to things that probably aren't going to happen versus just processing from a healthy space. Okay. Well, I'm here. That could happen. Right. So like if you're driving down the road, okay, it's icy out. Okay. Well, it's icy out. So I have to prepare to understand right. how to drive on the ice or be cautious or take another road. Instead of taking that hill, I'll take the flat road. Right. Where now, yes, you're seeing potential obstacles, but you're not worried, you're not stressed, you're not paralyzed by that emotion, that fear, which causes anxiety. Right, and that's that's the thing, especially when you get those curveballs that are, you know, some are tragic and you just have to kind of, all right, what am I going to do instead of, you know, going crazy and oh my God, and, and, and being overly emotional, feel your feelings. Okay. Now what's the next step, you know, and sometimes it's really hard and sometimes it'll take a little while before you can get to that next step. And that's, 
excuse me, I have a tickle. <laughs> That's where it's important to have, you know, that support system in place. Right. And I, I also think it's important to have that awareness of, okay, this is where I tend to go down that path. Yeah. And it's realizing that I don't have to go down that path. There's a better path. But until you process your feelings and acknowledge where you're at, it becomes much harder. So we want to know from you, when you go into survival, what is it that you do? Um, when you life hands you a curveball, do you, you know, just go with it and, and process your emotions or and just deal with it? Or do you go into fear? Do you go into worry, into doubt? analysis paralysis um overthinking feeling overwhelmed or do you, you, know, or you become stressed out yeah do you become angry do you get frustrated do you take that on on those around you does it affect your health do you over like what is it what's your go-to when you're in that fight or flight yeah or are you the strong one are you the one that takes the bull by the horns and you know helps everybody else through it yeah because there are some people you know that do that too and that's great yeah, you're a lot like that joe's a lot like that um which is a good thing <laughs> uh, you know, when, when things happen, yeah. when these curveballs are thrown at us. Well, and I guess <laughs> when you go through enough things in life, you kind of just realize, okay, this is, this is kind of how it is. And so you just learn, you know, as, and this is what I learned from my mom, you'll get through it. Yeah. You yeah. know, you'll get through it. We'll get through it. And that's, you know, that's the key is that no matter what you're, you know, the beautiful thing is no matter what you're going to experience on the there's not, multiple, multiple people who haven't gone through pretty much the same thing. It may, they may not have gone through it exactly the way you have done it at the exact same time, but you know, whether it's losing a loved one, having a parent who, you know, is dealing with an illness, dealing with your own illness, there's somebody somewhere somehow who has gone through the same thing. And my philosophy, if somebody else has gone through that and has gotten past it and through it, that's the person that I want to model. That's the person I want to learn from. Not Absolutely. the ones who are just saying, oh, it's so difficult. It's so hard. Life is so stressful. Yeah, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Exactly. And yeah. That, that's really the goal. So anything yeah. else before we wrap it up? No. Thank you for listening. Always reach out. Our information is in the description of the podcast. We would love if you, you know, uh, uh, rate our podcast. It really helps us. And, uh, Get the word out there. Yeah. And as always, if you know one person that you feel can benefit from this, maybe they're going through a, a hard time. Maybe life is throwing them some curveballs. You know, send them the information. You know, pass yeah. this along to them. It may be what they need to get them back on the right track to start feeling better and Absolutely. enjoying their life and getting better with age as well. Absolutely. All right. We Thanks love and appreciate listening. you. We'll love see you, you next Bye. Week. Bye.